So again, when we're talking about brand, that's a huge part of it. What you decide to talk about and not talk about is your brand. Welcome to the Unfair Advantage Project. Unique perspectives, practical insights, and unexpected discoveries directly focused on giving you the unfair advantage. Introducing your hosts, Nadia Hughes and Terrence Toe. Welcome to the Unfair Advantage Project. I am Terrence, and we've got my co-host here, Nadia, and we've got a special guest today, Kate Fennessy from Paperback Digital. And Kate's really special guest because she was actually initially going to be one of the co-hosts on the program. So welcome, Kate. How are you? Thank you. Good. And I think Kate doesn't mind being our social director. Sure. That's so. what she offered us on Python. and I'm going to hold her for that. <laughs> consultant, social consultant. Con- consultant. Not director. Right. Not director. Podiatrist. 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 Social digital, digital footprint. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Yes. So apparently this is a loaded question, but who is Kate Fennessy? How can we introduce you to our listener? It is a huge question. Look, I am a Frankston resident, mother. I'm a person who works from home. I made that journey a year ago and this is really daggy, but I'm a lifelong learner. I'm someone who likes to, needs to keep growing and learning and I hope I'm a contributor to the community. I try to. I like making people feel good. I like helping people to achieve. That's something I get a kick out of. So I hope that's a good answer to who am I. It's uh, okay. It's very modest answer. I can add to it because you probably also have, you just listed all the roles you play in your life. And it's good that you're just so strong, feeling strong about your roles. But also for me, you very light, creative presence in anyone's life. And the moment somebody works with you, give this inspiration instantly. And I remember this when we had this fun session of Unfair Advantage. It will stay with me probably forever, Kate. <laughs> I had the best fun. time of one hour we when we were just throwing ideas at each other. And we had fun at the same yeah, time. It did. just was great. That's what Kate Fennessy is really Aww. for me. That's Thank how you. I yeah, think it's creative is this, true. Yeah. The very creative energy which walks into your life and makes everything nice nicer, brighter, better. Oh, that's so nice. I know, and I'm Russian. Thank you for that. Who would have thought? That's lovely. Thank you. No, but I do have very, very huge respect for the yeah. way you conduct yourself in this world. Oh, thanks. That's so yeah. lovely. Oh, my God. So, all right. So, how would you describe what you do without using your job title? Wow. Why did we come up with that question? It's really hard. You came up with it, so just pay the price. So what I do without using the word of my title is I help people express themselves and their business in a way that connects well with other people or I utilise the current, you know, systems that we have in the world that are so accessible for people to thrive with their business. When you're talking about systems and everything, for a person like myself, I'm completely unsavvy is such a word as unsavvy mm. in digital presence and in anything to do with social media. I'm very awkward, in fact, with social media. My daughter had to go and fix a few things mm. on my Facebook, on my LinkedIn, and she constantly keeps telling me off for certain posts or anything. This is what you're talking <laughs> about. Is it that's what you... I am referring to that. And the reason I keep it nice and vague is because those platforms are going to come and go and they're going to change and their features are going to change. But what doesn't change is businesses talking to people. 
or people talking to people. What doesn't change is the desire to communicate and express who you are and show who you are and find the right people. So, yeah, can I say the phrase social media? It is social media now, but it may not be in five years, maybe called something else. Yeah, so I'm in the digital space. At the moment, I'm heavily focused on social media, but I'm aware that that may not always be the case. But what will always be the case is communication. And that's what I started as a writer. For me, is channels will change. Yeah. But the way we communicate with each other also will change. So what will stay constant is our desire to reach out. Correct. And what you are specializing in adapting these mm. ways of communication. Definitely. Using platforms. So you're specializing in those platforms. You yep. understand the rules of the game. I haven't yeah. met anybody who would explain me in such an accessible mm. language mm. how to do certain things. Mm. And one of your presentations, that's how I met you first yep. time, was fantastic. That's where you took us through. Because marketers tend to get... Uh, really excited we had mm. a presentation start throwing lingo at you and you just before you know like yes. it was said we, we they speaking Swahili to you yeah so you do not speak Swahili no and the key thing is I don't consider myself a marketer I'm a writer and that's the truth I actually oh, please started... accept my pro- profound no, apologies right. I mean I am in marketing but I'm saying in my core who I am I'm not a marketer I'm a writer And I started off this whole journey writing that's how I got into advertising was through writing so that for me probably does make me a tiny bit different to some other marketers who are using the buzzwords. For me, it always comes down to who's our audience and how we how so we connect. You, you, you seem to be a person substance over form, yet mm. I, you can play with form as well. Yeah, and look, I've got it and I do and I've got to understand the platforms, otherwise I'm not very useful. But I guess I have an awareness that they will come and go and change, but those core things won't. Cool. So yeah. what we'd like to do is do a little bit of a series on, actually, y- y- you ladies have named the series. So I'll let you, let you yeah, know. So what, I, what's that series? That was Kate's idea. So We're calling it the social check-in because you check in when you go on Facebook and you check in on Instagram. So we're going to check in. There's this idea of a health check as well. Like we're all often mostly all on social in some way or another, but it's good to sometimes reflect how well am I doing on social So we're going to check in. Okay. So what are we going to talk about today? So today, I think the broad thing of our series, as you suggested, Terence, is we're going to talk about how to build your social engagement or your presence or your footprint for all the podiatrists. So we're going to look at a few top areas that business owners really need to understand and implement to do well on social. So today's focus is branding. Branding on social. Cool. And before we go branding, what branding stands for you again? Sure. It's pretty broad. Branding to me is how we present ourselves to the world as a business, as a human. Branding to me, I'm actually quite passionate about branding, even though I'm not a graphic designer and I'm not, I guess I've learned a lot by being exposed in the advertising world. Branding is important. And particularly in, in our world today, where visual communication to me is so important But yeah, branding covers everything, how you speak, what you talk about, what you don't talk about, how you engage with people, like how you connect with your customers. So it's attitude, it's look and feel down to color, tone, it's everything. But yeah, in a general sense, it's how you present yourself out there. You know, I see a lot of people who want to wear a certain brand, but what I don't see is consistency of this brand, whether with 
corporate culture they have at my clients, for example, they want to call themselves a certain buzzword or mm. certain things, but it doesn't carry on consistently through other mm. layers of their business. Mm. Branding for me, it also has to have the same consistency, Definitely. whether it's a visual, but yeah. it's also behavioral consistency. Mm. Mm-hmm. And this is where I see a lot of oopsie daisies, if yeah. I may say it. Sure. Uh, but it's cute. Again, it's something yeah. people catch you for that. They hunt you down. Maybe there is some charm mm. in breaking those consistencies. But however, mm. you have to create them first. You can evolve. I think your branding can evolve over time. It's not going to be static. But if you look at the bigger companies out there like Nike and McDonald's and Coca-Cola, they all have very clear ideas of who they are as a brand and they don't tend to veer off that. I'm sure they evolve. Yeah, so the art art of branding, and again, I'm not a branding expert, but the art of branding can be pretty serious in the big end of town. But when it comes down to the little guys and down to the very individual, if, if your personal brand is important to your business, there's a lot you can do just by being a bit conscious of your branding. And if, when I'm talking about branding, a lot mm. of our listeners would be small to medium business yeah, owners. Yeah. And what top tips would you give them about the social presence in their social hub, like such as Facebook or anything? Yep. There is some general etiquette there. Definitely. And would you just brush it up? Because what I see is a lot of interesting things, obviously. And I think I'm guilty as charged sure. to breaching this yeah. etiquette so, and breaking some brand perception. Yeah. Look, f- first I'll say there's no, obviously, rule book. These is my, these are my opinions. Um, but for me, there's some simple sort of things that you can get right from the start. So first with branding, thinking about social media specifically, I'm a big fan of having your profile picture be your logo or your face, one or the other. So for someone like you, Terence, your logo could, sorry, your profile picture probably could be your face, but because you've got a logo, it's your logo and that should never change. So that sounds like so simple and it should be the same on each platform. So but my face changes all the time. Like tomorrow <laughs> I will be much older if I picked my the face. The photo it- shouldn't change. If it changes, change every couple of years or something, but not cons- like a lot of people get the simple basics wrong. I see it all the time, wrong in my opinion, where they don't have the same profile picture across your accounts. So what you want from a user point of view is you want them to visit your website to visit you on Instagram, to visit you on Facebook or Pinterest or wherever and see consistency. That's branding. You want them to see a clear, and I see quite big brands, often they'll put a favorite picture as a profile on Instagram, but their logo's over on Facebook, but something else will greet you on the website. It's not good. So that's a simple tip. So what you're telling me, it has to be recognizable across all platforms. Make it easy for the user. So make it easy for the user to say, oh, they're strategic. That, that's a very good tip. And that's mm. first thing I probably will go back and fix yeah, because and I am little... not consistent. I've got all sorts of pictures out there. Yeah. And you've got, you know, you're a person who's invested, you both have, which is great, in recent lovely imagery by a professional photographer. Use it. So Again, it's either logo or your face and don't really change I'm it. I'm conflicted. Michelle Pratt, that's yes. the person yep. took pictures. 
She took quite a few of them and I can't pick the favorite. What do I do? Pick, pick the favorite. <laughs> oh, God. Put your big girl pants on. Any mini disseminate. Pick your favorite. I love it. Pick your favorite. I just want to go back to kind of sure. what is oh, branding. Serious because stuff said, comes. We're talking about how, you know, branding should really be consistent. Yes. And there's a, I think there's a famous quote, and I'm pretty sure it's Jeff Bezos. Hopefully I'm quoting the right person. Mm. Branding is what people say about you when you're not in the room. Sounds about right. Which is, which is pretty cool. And mm. I kind of think of branding as how you make someone feel. Yeah, I'm happy with that definition, definitely. If that makes sense. Definitely. So it's it's kind of, you know, like you're projecting yourself sure. out there or you're projecting your company brand or mm-hmm. your personal mm-hmm. brand or whatever that brand is. Yeah. And it's how that person feels about it. So, you know, if we say, if we talk about some of the big brands where there are feelings associated with those brands. Yes, 100%. Yeah, and like I said, branding is a total science and there are experts out there who can charge big money to do seemingly simple things. But, yeah, branding definitely is about the impression you leave. I would totally agree with that. And I'm just a bit finicky about this stuff for some reason. I think because I see so many missteps, oopsie-daisies out there, so, and like you said, they're all quite simple to rectify once you understand it. And because digital, social has so many moving parts, that's why that first step and that first example of just get your profile picture consistent is one simple thing you can do to unite all your platforms. And again, these are just my feelings. Some people might disagree, but that's, that's to me a nice step of consistency and sort of getting your house in order. Similarly with cover image, now if you're a person or a business with YouTube, Facebook, you've got an opportunity for a cover image. Pinterest will create its own based on your pins. Instagram doesn't have that feature. LinkedIn now does. So you've got three opportunities in sort of five common platforms to have a cover image. So again, I would suggest consistency. Put your best photo, pick it, pick one that represents lifestyle. So in the case of Terence, you know, we looked at profile pic that's your logo but a cover image of you I think we went with the one that was surfing whether Mm. you've changed it but Mm. yeah it shows you as the person Mm. and sort of it actually speaks to a lot of what your brand what your business is about which is helping people achieve a good lifestyle Mm. through work so I suppose my picture has to be with abacus or something like that (laughs) definitely some props some fake glasses I like the abacus idea well some of the photos Michelle took for you so in time when you use platforms with a cover image find a nice one that communicates more so a profile pic is pretty much just your face whereas a cover image in a service-based business ideally it would be you talking to someone laughing you know or i do laugh at them a lot yeah (laughs) funny and like so something that can just give a hint and throw some hints of of who you are and what what it means and again i'd suggest consistency and not only that but the user back to the user they should be able to visit those different platforms and your website and see oh this is the same brand i'm encountering because you've got to recognize that in today's world you may have clients and customers who only experience you on facebook or they only experience you on your website or Twitter or Instagram or their preferred platform. So you need to make sure that they're getting the same quality of experience as if they were on any platform. Anywhere they collide with you should have a similar feel. It doesn't have to be exactly the same, but it should be similar. And then we go, if you want me to keep going just into yeah, detail. Yeah, let's have a, you know, look a bit deeper into, yeah. into so what people can really do. Yeah, so that's big picture. So. Yep. But then you go into things like copy. So copy 
is words. This is advertising speak. I used to mm-hmm. think, what's copy? Copy is just words. Anywhere there's words, that's called copy. Mm-hmm. That's what copywriters do. But your copy style, now when I'm talking about social media, that's posts essentially. So the way you write is part of your brand. Some people will be very minimalist with their copy, which means they will say very, you know, sparse sentences like... I think I'm very consistent the way I write because I make a lot of spelling mistakes and I'm very recognizable. <laughs> it's just... Okay. I, it's a, I do it's, cover that. I do cover that. I advise not to make spelling mistakes. But, you know, if you've got a style, some people write long form, some people... Your style might be humorous, could be lighthearted, it could be very formal. I've got a client that won't use exclamation marks. Sussex, they don't like using exclamation marks. And their their copy is really beautiful it's often quite minimalist mm. it's very thought through so that they're a great example of a client who really takes their copy seriously post by post because one thing i'll say about social that i still think a lot of people don't get is it's a brick by brick you build the wall situation we actually have it currently happening and i think he's already built quite a good fortress of those words it's craig harper have a look at his whiteboard lessons he building them every day this he creates a new blog mm. and i subscribed on instagram cool. and i'm just following and sometimes i'm asking questions there yeah. not that he cares but it's just a very interesting way of engaging and he probably really active because a few of my clients so absolutely accidentally i bumped into they actually follow him as well okay i'll check out craig harper yes yeah he's been one of our guests Who's very interesting oh hey, what's he do hey, he was well actually nadia will tell you Well, he is designed the concept of personal training in Australia. Oh, right. He created a lot of okay. around this. And now it's his inspirational speaker and collects a lot of people to listen to him. And he's very straight down the line. He wouldn't just garnish anything. He will tell you mm. exactly how it is. Yeah, so copy style is one thing. And that's something you can control and look at pretty quickly and easily. So thinking about the sort of language you use, I would say... It's an important time to have a bit of QA, quality assurance, is that what that stands for? QA. We used to call yes. it QA. You, I shudder because this is what it we every check. year panically oh. expect. And it's they come and check your files, your professional. Oh, no, uh, not that professional. kind of QA. For a post, it just means no typos, get your punctuation and grammar looking nice. Now, the reason is even if you are a person who sends texts with all sorts of garbled, you know, some people do. My auntie's very good at that. As in, if typos don't bother you, that's fine, but don't do it on behalf of your business. Mm. So if you're a person, if you're dyslexic or you're a terrible speller, that's fine, but get someone else to double-check it for you and polish it. I love polishing words, editing. Yeah. It's such fun. But so I need a Polish girl <laughs> full time. <laughs> yeah. Polish or Polish? Well, whatever. Either way. Either way. <laughs> Just either or. It's um, a, she will be better than I am in, in any case. Well, yeah. Nadia actually gave me a testimonial. Once mm-hmm. and, and the spelling's wrong in one of the words. Why didn't you fix it? <laughs> I can't fix it. You should have told me. You didn't tell me. <laughs> I just waited till now to tell you. Oh, you're awful. That's, yeah, that's kind of friends. You don't need enemies. <laughs> I think it's kind of sweet that he didn't tell you. He's protecting your feelings. Yeah, but depends not what my the word was. He didn't, no, I don't normally protect Nadia's feelings. <laughs> he didn't protect my. I'm pulling the post down. But you, you, I called you honest person in my life. That's it. I'm, I'm done. I'm triggered. That's it. She's triggered. Okay. Do we have a trigger corner? Trigger. I don't know. Is it? I've got a spot for the children. That's the corner. <laughs> but not a trigger corner. No. I'll stick with words for a minute. And copy. So copy to me, let's move into the territory away from a post. 
because on a platform you can't choose font. It's just the font you're g- given by Facebook. Mm-hmm. But where you can choose font is in images. So when you're adding font to an image, when you've got a font for your logo, when you've got a font, any font choice on your website, and, again, this is all my background in advertising and all the all the gorgeous, wonderful people I worked with who were so good at this stuff, co- from copywriters to designers, I loved watching them work. Font choice is really important. It can say you're modern. It can say you're daggy. It can say you're weird <laughs> or it can say you're classy. It can say you're sassy. Okay, to be classy, sassy, what font should I choose at the moment? I'm not a font expert, but I really like minimalist sans serif fonts, which means they, if you look at a T or an I, the T with a serif font will have the extra bits on it. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And the I will have extra bits on it like that, as opposed to just an I like that mm-hmm. and a T like that. I like so the minimalist. So it's a bit of Baroque style of the font. No, it's I'm saying go for minimalist. So sans serif is without. Sans serif without. So without. Yeah, so yeah. sans without that. So without the hangers. So it's a bit ascetic. Yeah. Minimalist. I like yeah. modern fonts. Cool. But again, fonts are a whole thing. Libby Davis, who I work with, is Swell Creative. Like, she's a font expert. Graphic designers get font. I know what I like, but I'm not an expert on it. Mm. So some people, you say font choice and their eyes light up because that's what they're born to mm. do. <laughs> really? So get yeah. your graphic designer. Graphic designers to give, give you advice to on font choice. Choose you a, a font Correct. that fits in with the Yeah, with the, your brand. With your it brand. should fit. So... You know, generally, and again, I'm not an expert in this area, but generally on a website, you'll have a font for your main copy, a font for your headings, and you might have one more sub font. Now, that should be carried through on everything. Mm. That font choice that you make on your website should be carried through where possible on images where you copy overlay on it or your business card or et cetera. So it's, again, looking at the whole picture and seeing little ways to be visually consistent in that sense. So that's just one other little thing, but it all adds to the picture. While we're talking about words still, I will say hashtags. Now, that's an interesting one, hashtag. Well, hashtags, I always get the question, what are they actually for? Just to cover that off, just briefly, hashtags, yes, they're important. I've got a few pet hates in this area. Where hashtags are really important are two platforms, Instagram, Twitter, because they perform, particularly on Twitter, which I don't really use much, They perform as a conversation marker. So, for example, when the royal wedding was on and I liked watching it, I went to Twitter, even though I don't normally, and I just quickly identified a tweet with the hashtag royal wedding. I tapped on the hashtag royal wedding and I was just served up all the people tweeting and talking about the royal wedding because I wanted to quickly just see, like, what's people saying about that dress? And It's like a key or into the club and these people belong to this club will be recognized and it's great collected straight away in a moment like an election like a weather incident like a dramatic incident unfortunately terrorism anything big that's happening in a moment twitter's a great place you find the hashtag and you can immediately be up to date on what's going on if an earthquake happens you immediately there'll be a hashtag someone will use and everyone will jump on it Uh, i assume everybody hashtagging guatemala at the moment what's happening there Yeah, well, exactly. That's right. World events, good and bad and ugly, will be hashtagged. So that's where they've got a really functional, important usage. Then on a 
platform like Instagram, it's a different thing, but it's still important because without hashtagging, you just don't get seen. Your content won't get seen. So we all right now in Langwarren and we're on the Mornington Peninsula in our businesses, in our lives. So I pretty much always use the Mornington Peninsula hashtag as paperboat whenever I'm doing anything because I want to be seen in this community. So on the opposite side, if mm. I want to be seen in some other community, can I use hashtag as I can pretend to be part of the club when I'm not? Sure, you could be like New York girls yeah. and just pretend you're a New York girl. And it doesn't matter. Say, what is that? Well, it's not going to sort of be earth shattering just by one hashtag. But over time, you know, you can certainly shape who your audience is by hashtags. So you basically give us a key to any audience we would, long, yeah. we would like to tap in. So if Terence now has an international client, see, you can hashtag yourself away, mm. whatever country well, that's you're right. in. You can find out what's being used and it does take time. There's a real science of hashtags. And again, it seems really simple. So what is the book, scientific book of hashtags? I haven't written it yet. Oh, okay. But it's always evolving. So there's no point having a book because it's too, by the time you published it, it'd be out of date. Hashtags are changing in real time they're an organic thing so you got to tune in it's not find the rules it's tune in so when you are into a certain area like my friend katie is a blogger she will know a lot of the hashtags to use in that world melbourne blogger mornington peninsula blogger blogger mum whatever she's using she'll be sort of gradually building that knowledge base of those particular hashtags and i'm using similar ones a lot of the time And you guys, depending on your work and businesses, need to start to tune in to what's the hashtags being used that are relevant. What hashtag would you recommend for podcasts? People, um, which is very well, the, the word podcast, obviously, and variants of it. So I'd start typing in podcast as a hashtag, see what else comes up. It might say podcasting, podcasting now, podcast life. So that's great. And then the only other rule that I do apply that I learned a few years ago, and I think still pretty relevant, is I try to only use hashtags that have between about 10,000 and about 3 million posts in them. If you use a hashtag like health, like love, it's going to have 100 million posts. And too broad. It's too broad. So rather than health, you might use one like healthy living, or that's probably even too big. It might be healthy choices or healthy breakfast, something specific. So that's hashtags without going too deep in that direction. What I was actually wanting to say from a branding point of view is get your hashtags right because if you put a bunch of really sort of irrelevant hashtags, you look a bit, I don't know, you're just sort of not switched on. (laughs) So So, so as a business owner, how, I guess, is there a process that we can go through to choose or at least to understand which hashtags we should be using and which yeah. ones we shouldn't. Yeah, great look question. to competitors. Yep. Yeah, there's, there are. And again, it seems like such a small topic, but there's a lot to it. So a good place to start is look to competitors. So similar businesses to you in the similar area or the similar target area that you want. So look at what your competitors are using, first of all. You almost want to build a bit of a list. I feel like my list is in my head, but you might want to write it down. But build a list of about, say, 20 or 30 base hashtags that you will consistently use a combination of so that's one thing you can do in terms of what hashtags not to use there are hashtags that get banned from time to time for various reasons usually inappropriate content but sometimes they can seem innocent like i think there was one to do with curvy women i can't remember the hashtag it got banned so if you were accidentally using that and you just say you had a lingerie brand or something you could be doing yourself damage without realizing it there's some weird ones like in dogs of instagram some odd ones are banned. So do one day maybe check which hashtags are currently banned. They call it shadow banning. 
And sometimes you'll see people in positions like mine writing out a little blog post, hey, check out the band hashtags. They'll change from time to time. And usually you don't need to overthink it, just don't use them. They'll be banned for whatever reason. And then in terms of the rest, it's just sort of, like I said, tune in to the ones that are relevant. And the other tip, uh, we'll always use location. The other the other tip I have for hashtags is, uh, is always use what's in the image. So don't just use the same hashtags over and over again because Instagram will think you're a robot. So use ones that relate to what's in the image. So for me, if I took a selfie right now of us three, the kind of hashtags I would use would be hashtag Lang Warren, hashtag podcasting would be about social media content. So we are taking selfies at the end. Sure. Please do so. <laughs> hashtag it as yep. best as I can. And I would always use a combination of location, people in it. I could use your, you know, I might say hashtag strategic co hashtag smart business like I could just use anything relevant to that picture hashtag studio life hashtag recording live or whatever mm. so you make it relevant does that all make sense and the only other thing I'll say which is a pet hate of mine and it touches on another topic which is avoiding automation at all costs not no, sorry people who get into a mindset of just I want to automate to me there's danger in that because it gets encourages laziness but anyway without going too deep into that i will say use the appropriate amount of hashtags for the correct platform it drives me nuts when i see so what a lot of people do which is fine but it's also not what a lot of people do is they automate their instagram posts over to facebook the right. reason i don't like that is because it often carries with it 20 hashtags Now, mm-hmm. Facebook doesn't really need hashtags. Facebook, hashtags never really took off on Facebook. They are there. I do sometimes use them for clients. I'll only at the most use two or three. Mm-hmm. Just one line under so the post. So when I go on Facebook, if I click hashtags. They do work. It, the functionality is there. So if you do that same example of hashtag But they won't wedding, bring necessarily the traffic of hashtags everywhere. No, they do. They perform the function. They're just not utilized as much by, by the users. The functionality is there. Because what I see, I see increasing, uh, opposite, I see increasingly, increasing usage of those hashtags on Facebook. It's from and Instagram. Just... And that people are bringing the Instagram habit over to Facebook and it doesn't translate. Translate. So to me, this is so specific and almost ridiculous, but in terms of branding, don't use 20 hashtags on Facebook. You look like you don't know what you're doing. That's my opinion. Mm. So it sounds harsh and it sounds over the top, but these are little judgment calls. You've got to realize that especially the younger people coming up in this world, Gen, what are they, digital generation, Gen Zs and Gen Ys, they're making snap judgments all the time. Maybe not on something so specific, but If you have dodgy imagery or weird stuff, they're making a little judgment on you as a business. Spot on, because I listen to comments my daughters make and hashtags of 40-year-old women make them cringe. Yeah. And this is predominantly, this is what Facebook is dominated by, those women whose um, moms running businesses. Yeah. And they're making a lot of hashtags. And you have actually emphasized a very important yeah, thing. Yeah, it's subliminal. It, it sends these subliminal messages that you might not be meaning to send, but you might be sending a message i'm a bit daggy i don't know what i'm doing on social now that's not the message you want to send if you can help it because young generations are so comfortable on social it's like yeah. i can swim and you can't that's how i think they look at us when yeah we, we, and a young person might hear what i'm saying now and think what are you talking about they maybe they don't care if there's multiple hashtags on facebook but to me they're just little tweaks and some are more important i think imagery is probably but more important but it's the cumulative effect of all these choices you make so for me i i'm very fastidious about getting these things right for my clients because i don't want them to look 
stupid. No. Or mm-hmm. un, it sort of can look like you're not up to speed, if that makes sense. To me, the underlying message there is really be relevant to your audience, but yeah. also be relevant to the platform. Because, Absolutely. You know, if you, I guess you can maybe think about it as like what you wear every day. You, yeah. you might wear something different to do a workout. Yeah. to go to a business meeting. It's true. You right? wouldn't turn up to the gym in a tuxedo. <coughs> Correct. <laughs> or you could. Which, well, be that'd be interesting workout. But <laughs> so, you know, really make mm. sure that whatever you're doing is relevant to the yes. audience that you're mm-hmm. that you're speaking to. That's right. And the automation topic's almost a separate one because I have some feelings about the dangers of automation because everyone wants to automate, automate, but it often leads to that issue where you're actually doing the wrong thing on the wrong platform because mm-hmm. you think you're being efficient. So that was hashtags, and I know that's a big topic. Every time I mention the word hashtags, I get that same question. So I think it's good we covered it off mm-hmm. in terms of uh, what I think for. it also opens the room for you to make a separate uh, mm. workshop for hashtags. Sure. I mean, because women want to look cool on their face. Everyone, yeah. And that's just please colonize the colonize. entire generation like of mums. Cool. Yeah. Colonize, yes. Use it. Please do so. <laughs> Is this a new, another I new think word? it's a new yes, word. Yes, I think it's, word a, it belongs to our podcast so cool and nice cool, cool and nice how do i spell that oh please come on <laughs> c-o-o-l you're asking russian how a-n-i-s-e. to spell a-n-i-s-e that's how we're going to spell it that's that's hashtag like cool it. and nice did, did you spell s-e s-e yeah exactly that's good let's look and i'd be open to that i think at the moment you're cool in the zeta oh my god thank you so much yes i'm working on a book actually with libby who i mentioned before graphic designer and katie who's a blogger and influencer oh it's going to be so good it's already it's Sounds really good. So who is comedian in a book? There's all of us. Katie's probably the funniest. No, they're you, all you funny. You do need somebody with a great sense of humor to Libby's go funny. Over. They're both funny. I think what I was saying, though, we're working on a workbook for people to get their head around all these aspects of social. When, when can I read it? Who is signing Maybe it for me? September, when it's coming October. out? I can't wait. Why it's September, so slow? Because it it's only a I want to be written. as cool as possible, as fast as possible. <laughs> okay. Well, you need to be Okay, we're trying. I think Jonathan told us to ask one question at a time. Oh, <laughs> I'm just firing. Sorry, firing Jonathan. Firing. All right, I'm going to get back to my list. So we've talked about copy. We've talked about hashtags and copy that appears visually and copy that's post in a post. <clears throat> so I think that's all of copy. Consistency, yes. Da, 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 da. All right, so that's all fine. But then just going back one step again for content before I talk about images, content is essentially what you talk about, right? So as a brand, no matter whether it's on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, doesn't matter the platform, you've got content happening. So content is what you decide to talk about. Content is also what you decide not to talk about, right? So certain brands will never weigh in on political topics. They'll avoid talk of religion. You know, that's true for so many things. So what you do and don't talk about is your first decision, whether you realise it or not, you're already making that decision. And... So, again, when we're talking about brand, that's a huge part of it. What you decide to talk about and not talk about is your brand. So this is one point I want to make. I hope I can express it adequately. But one thing that I find generation of sort of 30, 40, 50-year-olds who are not native to social, which includes me really, is that some of them get this and some of them don't. A lot of people are stuck in a traditional marketing mindset. And I've had this issue with many clients, some of them who in the end get frustrated and go off in another direction because they don't sort of get it. But don't try and apply traditional marketing techniques to social media. Now, what I mean by that is not every single social post needs to be sell, sell, sell. 
here's what I do, buy it. So mm-hmm. a lot of clients immediately have an unrealistic expectation of the ROI of social or of the impact immediately. They expect people flooding through the door from every post. doesn't work that way. It's a cumulative effect. So if your content is to me, 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 buy my things, that's actually your first error. If that's your content, you're already looking out of touch. Desperate. You're desperate. You're not using social properly. Unfortunately, and I totally get it, that's how businesses and marketers used to think and that's what you used to have to do. If you were doing a print ad that you were paying $1,000 for, you had to get the messaging right. But uh, You know my analogies, they're awful, but it's for me like something awful without foreplay and you don't even engage the Correct. client yet and you're it's already pushing ha- something into them. Yeah. It's just terrible. Yes. Just, I think they need to just create a, for me, through content, you create yeah. a, an engagement first. Yeah, uh, flirt. Socially on that analogy is all about flirting and connecting at that first level. The rest can happen behind the scenes. That's right. Please leave it behind the scenes for um, us. So for me, for example... If you look through my posts on Instagram or Facebook, I pretty much never talk about my own business in terms of, did you know I do the following? I do sometimes. I will sometimes show a result on a story. I might say, oh, my God, I got 10 out of 10 for this ad on Facebook or, wow, look at this. But I barely ever do a post explaining and pushing my services. Just don't do it. What are your best engaging posts you have done so far from your own experience? Usually they're, and this is true for me and all businesses, usually it's people. So it's the best engaging posts. In, in fact, that's there's data to support this, have human beings in them. So they're moments. My, actually, my best, most engaging post by far as Paper Boat was a selfie I took on the steps of the Cleminger building when I had my last day at work a year ago. I didn't plan it. It wasn't a professional photo. It wasn't even particularly a good photo. I just went ding and I had this kind of look on my face, mixed of fear, excitement and all that. And it went completely off on LinkedIn, Instagram and Facebook because of the story I told. I said, this is my last day in a full-time job. I was a part-time job. I'm about to step out into paperboat. I posted it on certain platforms and in the end I had to open a spreadsheet of inquiries based from that social. I had so many people saying, oh, my God, can I talk to you? So it's a classic example. It was not a sales pitch but ended up generating a lot of sales inquiries. And I think if you would go and analyse this, why, yeah. why it was successful, I think, mm. because you were genuine. Yeah, you just awesome. shared an emotion, yes. real, which was just... And it was a bit vulnerable too. You were vulnerable, yeah. Yeah. but genuinely vulnerable. You yeah. were not trying to ask I mean, for sympathy or anything. No. You just caught yourself in a moment and this moment was so relatable. Yeah, to so and many. I shared it because I wanted to share it because that comes back to my centre of writing and sharing. You know, you, when you write, you've got to share, otherwise you're just writing nothing. But it brings them to this little point for me is you, sometimes the success on media comes so unexpectedly. Mm. There is so much science True. behind it, yet the post which will perform the best would come totally breaking a few rules. Like you Agreed. took selfie. Selfie is yeah. could be considered as not a... Yeah, huge, not cool anymore. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Not, what was uh, that word? Cool, coolonized. Yes. <laughs> You're not colonizing yourself. No, yes. it wasn't a colonizing moment, but it was a good moment. Yeah. No, you're right. And I often with my clients, I actually don't post as much content for myself as I would like to because of time. But for my clients, you are absolutely right. It's often the unexpected posts that do well. Sometimes you think a certain post will really resonate and it doesn't. Do, do you think it's due to the things that we have overwhelming amount of social presence of other people? 
they saw a like they saw standardized now if it's a young girl he has to pout mm. her lips push her butt out and you know lift Maybe. her chest yeah uh, if it's a middle-aged woman she would always have kids and mm. have a cutesy face so i don't know what is it and, and suddenly was we flooded with those standard images a mm. bit of like fraternal twins every every single one mm. of, the, of them and suddenly something genuine pops up i think it's the genuine I, when i look up. back on my um, social career so just so you know i worked in social media in advertising for six years before paperboat three years paperboat there was a two-year overlap anyway when i think back to the best posts that we ever did from paperboat and agency one of the best posts i ever did was a video that got about fifty thousand views with no spend of this motocross cyclist motocross rider who just was funny and he just had a really funny sense of humor and it just went really well because he was funny and we didn't expect that the other videos hadn't gone as well his video just went through the roof because he was so funny a simple post for pedders i used to work for pedders was just one of the stores one of the franchises just there was a cold snap in bendigo and it was just like snowing in bendigo we posted it immediately that was this timing thing and it just went really well like not record breaking but it, i remember that as a standout poster and i remember thinking well that's a good lesson to be in the moment cold snap in bendigo out the front of the store everyone who felt cold that day was like yes <laughs> i felt that cold snap other simple ones the leather doctor i use this example a lot they're never anything unbelievably amazing or scientific but it's just a before and after of a dirty couch and a restored clean couch they often go really really well by themselves and the other one was the riv which is a pub in seaford that i work with when we posted and someone had done an old painting of the riv in the 80s that went absolutely viral do you know why because people had memories of that pub so when they saw that photo there was no humans in it so it broke that rule but everyone went oh my god i remember the riv and johnny used to be there and this happened and the history all of a sudden went off you hit the memory button yeah so all those different examples the cold snap photo was just spontaneous the selfie was pretty spontaneous the leather before and after ones just i guess they motivate people to think oh gosh that's And That's also, it cool. seems to be lack of staging. People are sick of yeah. staging. Yep. Sick of pretense and sick of When manufactured posted... authenticity. Yeah. Yes. When I posted yes. that pub painting, I probably thought, oh, well, that's just a normal post. I had no idea. Yeah. But it wasn't. And then but what you got to do then is take that learning with you. So then it made me go, well, that nostalgia is strong in that community. So I've tried to wake that up again, like asking people to send photos. It doesn't often happen, but... You know, one thing we did do it on a continued theme for that was I went in one day a while ago, took photos of some of the staff and asked them, just tell me about working here. And those posts did really well too because it's about the people. And in time I learn with a client like the Riv, there's a history there. It's not just a pub, it's a community centre. So, and, and again, it's evoked emotion, evoked nostalgia. Nostalgia is a very yeah. strong notion inside you. That's right. And so we've you. sort of drifted down into content. And I'll just say one more phrase that this is what it is. It's content optimization. So I was taught that back in advertising from Armin, who taught me sort of everything. The ability, and this is what a lot of people don't do, is they don't listen and watch the reactions to their content very well. So you mm -hmm. do see a lot of people on auto mode, which is why I'm a bit anti-automation mindset, because they think, I'm just going to post every week the meals we have at the pub. If they did that, they would miss those opportunities. And if we didn't learn from that hotel post or those staff posts, then we're not listening 
So the concept of content optimization is to witness how your content performs and then change your plans accordingly, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So I think just bringing it back to the branding sure. side of things, one of the things, one of the messages or some of the messages that I'm getting through what mm. you're saying mm. is firstly, tell a story. Yes. Connect with your audience. Engage your audience. Yep. Entertain your audience. Mm-hmm. And don't forget, just coming back to what we said earlier, mm. that it's all about human to human mm-hmm. interaction mm. and that was one of the big things that i i kind of learned i went to traffic and conversion summit san diego yep. earlier this year as, mm-hmm. as both of you know mm-hmm. and that was one of the big things that they spoke about you know forget b2b forget b2c it's about your connecting with other humans and so let's act that way you know let's Absolutely. not and i think one of the, that comes back to one of the things that you said again mm. which is just trying to sell me your stuff constantly. Correct. You know, tell me about you. Yeah. You know, I want to know who you are. Correct. I want to know whether I trust you and whether I actually yeah. want to do business with mm. you anyway. And I, I want to get to know the real, authentic, genuine you rather than seeing some manufactured version. And I can't remember. Where, I think we've spoken about mm. manufactured authenticity once mm. before. But rather it's than Craig seeing Harper again. Craig Harper, mm, is it? Okay. He's left an impact on us. Simulated authenticity. Uh, simulated. Just, he, yes, that's what he said. It was a really well, good I'm, one too. I'm going to call it manufactured. Okay. Um, well, be original, whatever. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, so yeah. rather than this manufactured version Correct. of what you think people want to see, yeah. let's just be who we are and, yeah. and let people see that and then they can choose. And I think it's in our material world, acquiring things no longer gives us this satisfaction. Mm. Acquiring things for the right reason from the person I want to help yeah. suddenly overcreates this in a selling process. It takes away this absolutely emotional transactional mm. fact and creates a real relationship. Yeah. And yeah. this is what modern sale is about helping people or engaging services of the people we would like to help mm. we would like to elevate yeah. by using their services mm. and this is how i see when my friends come to use my services mm. the funny thing they never ask for discount that's how i know the true friends because they do not ask for discount yeah, they the want to help me mm. they want to and a lot of people i find in australia transact the same way they happy to when especially you start the business this was my most precious moments when I started the business. So of course I had a few friends and I was thinking I have to do the favors and everything. They adamantly actually paid me more just to help me out mm. to start this and I'm Maybe forever grateful. Maybe you should grateful. introduce us to your friends. We can, <laughs> we can help <laughs> They're my friends. No, <laughs> no I, yeah, mean, so, and I mean, that's yeah. out of respect for what you do exactly. and how well you do it as well. And that's and that's. Well, I hope not out of pity, but it was exactly no, respectful. No, you're right. People you. want to connect with people and more than ever these days in this Instagram era that we're in, because really that is the platform for the most part that's kind of where it's all happening. People want to see who your business is and they want to form a long-term connection. And I do it myself as a consumer all the time. If I see a story of a shop down in Mornington, I'll think, oh, God, I'm going to go down there and I'll probably become a long-term customer because I've seen post after post and I start to get an affection towards, oh, that creative woman doing those beautiful window displays. I love her. I want to support her. So, yeah, it's more personal. Totally agree. So I think back to branding. So if we take a step of trying to pull all that together, that's why the choice of what you talk about matters and that's why the tone matters and that's why it all matters because you're giving off an impression. If you get into that lazy set and forget mode where you just want to still meet clients to this day who do it, they post five times a day, uh, sorry, five times a week, 
but it's all they're not listening. Mm-hmm. They're not noticing. Then no one's responding. And I've seen big brands do it. I mean, it's, it hasn't changed since I've been in this business where people want to set and forget. They forget it's a two-way street. Old media was a one-way street. This media is two-way. Make the most of it. So listen. So when you do get a post that does well, even if it doesn't have to go viral, but viral just means it goes beyond your community size. So if you've got 500 followers and you get a post that reaches 700 people, that's gone viral for you. Hmm. It's spread beyond your community. Take note of it. When it happens, ask yourself, what was it? So like the pub, the selfie, all those moments, reflect and act on it. Don't just ignore it because if you ignore it, you're not listening to your audience and you're missing opportunities. So I guess that wraps up content. And then back to a couple more just broader things. And again, these are finicky, but I think they all matter. So don't leave an empty platform up. If you've stopped using Twitter two years ago, just delete the link from your website, close it down. You don't have to delete the account, maybe just put it on hold. I think, I don't know with Twitter, I think with most accounts, you can sort of switch it off public mode before you totally delete it. But if you're not using an account well or you're not using it properly, just get off it. You're better off doing one or two platforms well than having like a, you know, a poor excuse for content sitting there just looking weird. I mean, again, these are not going to change people's opinion, but it just all adds up. Just little things like not filling things out correctly. One thing I just do want to touch on, and this is about images and Two words, stock imagery. Just go easy on the stock imagery. I do see clients still, big and small, who just rely 100% on stock imagery or rely very heavily. Now, I know for a service business, it's hard because you don't like for all of us, it's hard to create content. We don't have products. We're not, you know, like the easy ones in the world of social tend to be health, beauty, fashion. It's pretty easy to create content or homewares, that kind of thing. When you're in service, I get it. It's hard. And definitely use stock imagery, but use modern, nice stock imagery. It's so important because you're sending a message, I am daggy, I am out of touch, I don't have a brand. And in fact, when you rely 100% on stock imagery, you may as well not have a brand. You don't, you're watering yourself down to nothing because you just look like anyone. So this is an example, and I'm not being disrespectful at all to Anzac Day. Obviously, it's an important moment for Australia each year however like I look at all the poppies popping up in feeds to me unless it's relevant to your brand don't worry about it if you're the RSL yes it's a big day for Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. but if you're everyone else do you really need to put poppies on your feed does that really because in the end everyone's putting the same photo of the same poppies everyone looks the same so they're all stock images they're all stock images and everyone's using the same thing so you're not differentiating different if you had a let's use another event, you know, if there's something else where you had an event and your staff were all there, then take a photo. So make it personal to you. Don't just rely on this lazy automatic thinking of, well, it's Christmas, I better use a stock image. I'd prefer to see a happy photo of you all at your staff party than a stock image of a Christmas tree Mm. saying Merry Christmas in daggy font. (laughs) You know what I mean? I can take a pretty good image of my Christmas tree. Yeah, make it personal. Who, who I love a lot. <laughs> she spends a lot of time on the Christmas I'm, tree. I like her. So I get very specific. We've always got a serious Christmas Good. tree. Good. Well, share it with us. Show us and tell us that story. Say exactly that. One of the awesome things about my wife is her attention to detail. Mm. Yeah, I'm in her camp because I move the ornaments for about two weeks just gradually. I'll sit there and go, just move it. Yeah, mm. I'm an ornament mover. But Oh, dear. Yeah, I'm a Christmas <laughs> tragic. I actually yeah. am. I love Christmas. 
I only like presents and you know how people say it's the, the giving person is the happiest no, receiver. No, yeah, I'm, a, I'm a giver. I like in a, on a Christmas, I like my presents. I do well, give too. generously, yeah. but I also love to receive. Yeah, me too. I love it all. So anyway, what I'm trying to say is these details matter. So if you're relying on stock imagery, check out Unsplash. It's a great, more modern image, free image resource, Unsplash. Try and pick ones that are a bit more modern. Just avoid the cliche and do not try and represent what you're saying with the stock image. With the images and with original images, a lot of people take the images and then they go and filter it. At the end of the day, we have this absolutely look-alike doll mm. faces of, I know in real life, you they don't look like that. And, and this is where it's taking a bit too far, these filters. What's happening in the world of filters? What? Are you talking about photos of yourself with yeah. filters? Yeah, I'm you. I don't like a filtered, obvious edited photo I think we're going to see this trend globally look at Meghan Markle with her very limited makeup on her wedding day freckles showing proudly I think I'm like you I prefer genuine my selfie photo was totally I didn't filter anything or any do anything and you just put it out there so yeah for me look I guess makeup filters are personal choice I'm like you, though. I don't like that whole fake world of Instagram of women looking so heavily made up and perfect because to me that's not real life. But, look, I don't know. I guess if you like, well, filters, filters can often give a hue to your image and sometimes it's nice to use the same filter through Instagram. It doesn't change your face. It just changes the colour, sort of warmth or coolness or whatever. But personally, I don't use filters. Yeah. Mm. Do you have have any tips for business owner who wants to take their own images yep maybe you know on how they can choose their own images yep. how they can you know how they can put together and and maybe choose images again coming back to the branding side of things that reflect their brand sure i think image is a good one to finish on because it sort of ties it all up as well i think two things use invest in a professional photographer to get at least a bit of a bank of imagery which you've both done i need mm-hmm. to do in the case of someone like us, you can a good time to get a professional photographer is when you're doing a presentation, when you're running a workshop, when you're in a meeting. You're all in local meeting groups. You know, ask the BNI, do you mind if I get photographs taken today of me talking and connecting with everyone? So definitely invest in professional imagery because, again, it's sending a brand message. Quality imagery looks so much better. However, of course, we're going to use our phones and, of course, we're going to collect images along the way. Just simple rules and again i'm not a photographer you know make sure the lights on your face use natural lighting where you can frame a bit properly i think there's a few good resources out there to just take good images on your phone what one thing people do that always bothers me just say they're taking a photo of people there's half the photo's empty space above heads Hmm. just put the heads up the top third there's a simple rule of thirds so if you're going to take photos go closer a lot of people take photos from too far away and half the photo is just a roof or a floor, you know, make it go in, show detail. And that's the thing, like when I go to events for clients, I take photos of details, you know, movement moments. I much prefer, like you, Nadia, an unposed photo, like take photo of people laughing, talking. So be a photo taker. If you're, particularly if your business has an event or a moment, just take heaps of photos. You can all, you don't have to post them in one go, you can post them later. Yeah, so they're just the basic tips. Framing, lighting. I just think the photos, I hate myself personally, those photos when we look at all in the camera. I just think they should be banned. 
but by ethics it's fairly extreme uh, yeah I know uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't do anything by half I <laughs> because I love those moving images natural ones people yeah. engaged with each other and with the moment you, they look into camera you know that this is a completely artificial moment for everybody everybody stopped whatever they were doing stop yeah. even thinking about what they were thinking and suddenly produces this face special face they've been practicing forever Yeah, but I would argue that the only danger of refusing to take a posed photo is you may not end up with as many and you may not capture people because at the end of the day, we all do it. We all do the whole, hi, like we all will know how to pose. Like that's pretty normal these days. So in other words, to me, it's not that much of an issue, but we all have our personal feelings, Nadia, and that's yours. (laughs) Yes. As long as it doesn't stop you from taking enough photos is what I'm saying. Because you want to capture the moments and sometimes that's just the easiest ways to go. Come on, everyone in, bang. What about in those moments? Like you spoke about when you're, you know, when you quit your job yep. and you're probably, you know, scared. Yep, definitely. There was, was. some fear there, definitely. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Maybe slightly excited. There's all those feelings. But you've managed to take a photo and you said that was pretty much your most engaging yeah. post. Yeah. So how can our listener try to yeah. do something similar for themselves? It's moments. So know when a moment is significant for you because that was a moment for me and that won't happen again. I mean, I actually blogged about it a year later, mm-hmm. but know the moments in your business. So that might be being aware that, oh, my God, five years ago today I took the plunge and started this business. That's a moment. Or, you know, a new staff member starting is a moment or a new product is a moment, an event is a moment. A moment could be realisation. I've just read a book that's changed everything so moments, I think if you can capture a moment, you're feeling something. Like I was feeling a lot of feelings in that moment, huge feelings that whole day. It was a massive moment for me. And it probably explains the popularity of this image because your face was live. It really it was. was. And people actually wrote it on LinkedIn. They said, I can see in your face a mixture of the following, like because I couldn't help it. So I guess maybe that's what it is. If you're feeling lots of stuff, if you're feeling excited, if you're feeling like, wow, you know, capture it. Ask someone to take a photo of you in the cafe where you've just written your new plan for something. Capture it. Mm-hmm. So don't be afraid. We've all got phones. I'm not afraid to ask strangers to take photos of me or take a selfie, but capture it. Just pretend you're a tourist. It's easy for me. I pretend <laughs> I'm a tourist everywhere. Do you know when I took that selfie on the steps of that building, I thought, oh, my God, I look like such an idiot because I thought business people were walking past and here am I just kind of going taking this weird selfie but i just did it because i knew i wanted to share that moment good on you thank you thank you thank you and like i said it's not a great photo i don't actually even really like it but that's okay so yeah that's my thoughts about brand it all matters little and big things but it's the cumulative effect think about it don't see social as just as often people do a little to-do list that i'm going to tick i'm going to post today it's more powerful than that if you think about it and you know Tune in. It's an active live thing. It's two-way. So give it a bit thought because it can be quite powerful for businesses, I guess I would say. Oh, it was absolutely interesting for me. And every time I talk to you, I learn so much about myself, what I do wrong as well. (laughs) And if you want, I can summarize my takes and then Terence will finish Mm -hmm. up his absolutely strategic summary. What stood out for me is Mm -hmm. absolutely it's 
colonize your hashtags. Yes. Stop being this mumzik who is just, <laughs> just thinking she's knowing what she's doing and trying to be cool. Instead of trying to be cool, be cool. Learn to be cool. Second thing is how do I colonize those hashtags? Well, look what competitors are doing. Yes. Look at location. Look at people in it. Look at basically a lot of things which can create this traffic through hashtags. Correct. Don't just plunk this hashtag and yes. think you're cool. Yep. Put some thought into it. Check my hashtag for shadow banning. Apparently there is a blacklist yeah. of um, only a few hashtags existing and do not, whatever you do, do not use curves in your hashtag. <laughs> Check that one. Don't <laughs> automate. Don't just go and lazy plan call hashtags. You just bunch them up and keep carrying them across because platform can re- think that you're a robot. That's Correct. what I also an interesting smart, one. Nadia. I know. Amazing thank summary. you. It's a smart business solution. Nice <laughs> 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 plug. I like it. Another thing, be relevant to your audience. Be when it's when you start evolving into the imagery part of it, and you were talking absolutely beautifully about use uh, rivers. Uh, where do, the Riv. The Riv, sorry. Yep. <laughs> the Riviera Hotel. Riviera Hotel and mm-hmm. how it just evoked all those emotions with a smart image. Mm. That was absolutely wonderful. Terence kicked in and said you have to be relevant not only to your audience, but relevant to your platform. It's another Correct. lesson you just slightly unpacked for us, but I yeah. want to know a bit more yeah. because different platforms play different games. Yeah. What is popular for Instagram, which is certain hashtags and you can bunch them up mm. won't translate the same way as you think they would be Correct. on Facebook. Content and you just uh, progress to content. Mm-hmm. What you're talking about, this is where your brand will stand out. Yes. Know what to talk about, but also be really smart about what you don't want to talk yes. about and stick to your guns. That's how I understood it. Yeah. Because a lot of people get engaged in, uh, for example, myself personally, I would stay away from political discussions Correct. and being Russian, it's just very easy. People try to poke you on all mm. sorts of uh, political issues. What do you don't think about there. what mm. do you think about Putin? What do you think? Guys, seriously, you think I think about sitting all day and think about Putin? No, I've got other things to do. <laughs> And also, this what really was standing out for me, stop selling. I am mm. very strong about True. it. When we, Sean was telling me about her wonderful idea about Byte conference, mm. I looked at her and I just said, please promise me we won't sell anything on this yeah, Byte. Right. I do not want people coming and feel trapped and then us shoving down mm. our services, their throats. And she was so actually agreeing to this this what exactly what she wanted this to be mm. educational to yeah. be giving value first inspiring people. and it's not a commercial setup when people come into this conference and you make money of them no no money made everything mm. was just basically done more for the com- it was a very altruistic notion behind yeah. it to be useful to the community and this is where the story writing as well be useful with your content to your reader mm. address what they want to hear about Correct. not what you want to sell and this selling thing mm. and another one which i have to fix guys is yes empty platform yeah i do have host of hosts there we just i left the building but it's there it's just happening so please don't check me on twitter (laughs) (laughs) that's the top abandoned platform by the way twitter twitter yeah Yeah, okay well well i think that's a great summary so thank you yeah i don't have to do it now there's probably two things that i think i'd like to add to that that is the the human to human there there are some people just losing touch with the fact that yeah we're building relationships. We're building this human-to-human connection. It's all about, you know, interaction. And yes, 
there is at some point in time, there's going to be money changing hands and, and that's mm. cool. It's okay to offer a product. It's okay to put an offer out there. Yeah, and you don't have um, to hide it. But-, but it doesn't have to be in everyone's face constantly. You know, the value first approach really does work quite well. And yeah, to me, I think you've probably strengthened my opinion that a brand is really about how you make someone feel. And it's really about how they feel Agreed. about you. Mm-hmm. So, so that's really good. Another thing is very just suddenly remember because it's images, no stock, don't overuse stock images. Yeah. If you don't have any other choice and you want to plunk some image there, just use modern um, storage of images. You were talking about uh, Unsplash. Unsplash. Yeah, there's Pexels. There's a few. You can Google good stock imagery, good free stock imagery, but Unsplash is a good one. But be prepared that you will find the same image on your competitor's website. Correct. Yeah. And I just think one last summary of your summary and everyone's summary. <laughs> is, oh, we can summarize until cows come home. Is I think you're right that out of all of this, content is your biggest opportunity to differentiate, to stand out, to have, to allow people to connect. Out of all the things we've just covered, what you talk about and how you talk about matters. You know, that's how you can set apart from your... And this is what you're talking about. They call it in a broad term as a distinct voice. Yeah. Have this voice, not yeah. just only face, but also voice. And I do have to f- change my face on all things and make it yes. consistent. Cons- have a consistent face. Huge sure. thank you. <laughs> Kate, right. thank you for being our guest sure. today. No, that was fun. That was and good. we hope that you can come back and share some Absolutely. more really helpful... Nuggets. Strategies Nuggets, and tips. Yes and uh, tactics yeah um, sure social media digital media whatever we decide to call it the social check-in the social check-in social check-in is going to stay yeah that sounds great yeah so we'll talk to you again soon sure we hope you've enjoyed this episode of the unfair advantage and if you found this episode to be valuable please subscribe to us and do all that kind of stuff thank you very much kate and thanks nadia oh pleasure anytime (laughs) (laughs) anytime but usually this time and thank you listener (laughs) Thanks for listening to the Unfair Advantage Project. For more curated resources, visit us at unfairadvantageproject.com.